Hello and welcome to the Wildcard Rewind podcast. Week 12 is in the rearview mirror and what a week it was. Let's keep the tradition going. The Lions will never win on Thanksgiving. Watching the Jets offense play makes me want to give up on living. Bill's Eagles went crazy. Deontay Johnson got lazy. The Chargers incompetence doesn't cease to amaze me. Kyron's legit. The Cardinals are shit. Let's rewind week 12 and I'll see you in a bit. I just want to rewind to when we were young The boys are here. Mum is away. The boys will play. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Oh, mate. Even though you said the Cardinals were shit, that was the best. Literally, <laughs> I was just so excited. That was the best. And you've not even put it on the show sheet. So you blew my mind. You blew my mind. I wish I could write a poem like you, you know? <laughs> I decided not to do it on the show sheet so I could hide it from you and then surprise you with it in the episode. I thought that was I thought that was more fun. Oh, mate, that that was amazing. That was amazing. You should be like a writer or something, you know? Yeah, worth an idea, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> do you enjoy Do you enjoy the the week just gone? What did you get up to on Thanksgiving? If you if you did anything aside from just watching the football, uh, I didn't do much. So um, we don't really do much for Thanksgiving here. Um, I watched a bit of the football. I was in work early on Friday, so early night for me. Um, what I did was I disappointed my brothers. So I did. Okay. So every Thanksgiving, there's um, three of us. So we always pick a touchdown scorer in each of the games, and uh, we put we we normally put about five on it, something like that. So uh, my older brother went for Christian McCaffrey. Tick. My little brother went for CD Lamb. Tick. And I went for Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> and what's even worse is I was the only one that got it wrong um but it was the early kickoff as well so it was immediately it was, out the door it was immediately done so literally before I even went to bed the bet was over and the dream was over and it's 12 months till we get to do it again so you know i i disappointed both my brothers i got i got much abuse from it as as you can imagine <laughs> and uh, so i'm publicly apologizing to my brothers uh for letting you down on thanksgiving what about yourself did you have a a turkey dinner we didn't. We did. I did a uh, big old uh, joint of pork in the slow cooker, and then I made. Uh, we're daring gluten free, or my partner's daring gluten free. So I made a daring gluten free mac and cheese, and it absolutely slapped. I did a really good job with it, and we did a little Thanksgiving dinner. And then I was working from home, which meant that I could just plonk myself in front of the football for the entire evening. Uh, I didn't bother doing the Forty Nine er Seahawks because uh, I do have to be up at you know seven eight o'clock in the morning the next day and i didn't really fancy staying up until four to watching the watch the 49ers win but it was really good fun i i i think we miss on thanksgiving a little bit in this country just because as nfl fans like it not being part of the national tradition to sort of sit down and gather around but having football early on a thursday is good fun i am quite happy being able to watch to watch something a little bit extra um yeah and then it, it was it was nice, wasn't it? It's nice. You get this half five game on a Thursday evening and then you get another one straight after. And I, I do think I need to convince my wife to have a turkey dinner on that day and um, sort of get the football on and just sit there and get a snack helmet out and fill it with loads of crap and have a turkey dinner <laughs> and all that and some beers and just watch like like 
you know, nine hours of football or something like that and just be like, yeah, let's let's do it. But it's like it's like nothing else, just like because I, I often try and do it on a Sunday that we'll like put a roast together and then sort of plonk myself on the sofa afterwards. And there's just nothing else like when you've got like a few mates round and a huge amount of food and you can just be like, right, this is on for the next nine hours. I can just sit here and stew in my food coma or just like continue to eat chicken wings the whole time. It's yeah. The only problem with me on a Sunday is it would be great until quarter past seven. And then at quarter past seven, the NFL changes to my iPad and Strictly Come Dancing goes on at quarter past seven until eight o'clock. <laughs> and then the football goes back on. So if the people came around to my house, you've got to be ready for a bit of da, 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 or you're not welcome, you know? We've got my partner's a big Strictly fan, so we will have separate rooms that she'll have it on iPlayer and a laptop in a different room while I'm doing the football. I will I will watch it if it's on, um, but it's it's not it's not engrossed me in the same way. The same with uh, I'm a celeb this year that you said you've been loving. Oh man, I love I'm a celeb. I'm a celeb. Team Farage, Farage for the <laughs> win. Okay, that's all I'm right, saying. Right, let's uh, crack on to the big news of the week. On that note. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to start off, um, there's no huge injury news this week, um, but one thing which I think is really important to touch on um, is, first of all, just sending love to Matt Cullen um, with everything he's been going through um, with the loss of his father uh, in a really difficult time. And obviously the uh, follow-up's been very difficult, but I wanted to send out a huge thank you uh, to the UK fantasy community for absolutely coming together um, with the fundraiser. We've seen the... uh, DFS contest um, from Jack Humphrey. We've seen uh, putting together his Elimination League, which I'm drafting in at the minute. CMC at the 103, thought it was interesting. Um, it's just been really, really heartwarming to see, um, you know, over £5,000 raised for someone that makes a huge impact running the uh, JTT Cup uh, and raising a lot of money for charity themselves, but also just being a fantastic bloke. Uh, yeah, it's been really heartwarming seeing everyone come together. Um, and yeah, wanted to send out love to Matt as well. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And it's nice to do something for him because he does so much for um, the Joshua Tarrant, isn't it? Um, yeah. He does it for that charity and he raises an extortionate amount, you know, even even though I came last, dead last in, last. in, in the first year, literally dead last. Uh, I seem to be doing a lot better this year. And um but you know, I've done I've done that three years in a row and stuff like that, and it's just it's it's now our time to give back to Matt, and yeah. you know, it's it's an it's an awful position that he's been put in. Um, so I I completely agree with you. Big love for Matt. Uh, I am also drafting in the elimination um, league. It's very weird to draft mid season. I'm not I'm not yeah. a big, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I don't know if your board looks like it, but my board looks like uh, a dynasty draft. Um, that's just started up because there seems to be some questionable picks so far, you know, um, like Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's gone, and I was like, I don't know if I'd, I'd have taken him there. He's not. He's not somebody I'd have gone for there. But, um, but yeah. I, I, so I completely agree with you that we need to give Matt a bit of a shout out. But I also want to give a bit of a shout out to Lewis Veens. Um, he's the guy that started all this GoFundMe and everything like that, and I think he's done an amazing job to push all yeah. of that and um, also a big shout out to Murph who set up this elimination thing. And I would go through all the people that have donated prizes, but there's literally so many people that there's too many to mention, but a big shout out to absolutely everyone. If you go onto Murph's Twitter page, you'll be able to see everyone that's donated something or something like that, you know, and they've all done this for Matt and it's just, 
it's so nice to see, like you said, the the fantasy community coming together at a time like this and showing support to somebody that is a big name in our fantasy community, you know? So a lot of love for it. Yeah, huge love to everyone. Um, something which isn't so exciting. Uh, we are really approaching the business end of the season now. Um, I think it's really interesting, the point that we're in. Uh, obviously, with the Rams yesterday versus the Cardinals, like you reach a point where you kind of don't want your team to win if it's clear that nothing's really happening. Um, obviously, that's something that, you know, you have a lot of luck if you're hoping for them to not win. Uh, but I, I think it's very strange when you get down to the business end of the season. And obviously, a lot of people are thinking about the other end, uh, people being very excited about Super Bowl teams and can their team make playoffs. Um, for us, obviously, we're we're down the other side of it. But I wanted to ask if, if you had to predict the top five of the draft right now, uh, where would you go with it? So what I love about this is um, you have gone different to me. So I'm quite interested mm. to get into this uh into this conversation um so i'll give you i'll give you my top five um so i think the arizona cardinals get the one pick um i think we couldn't even beat a really really shit la rams um <laughs> uh and then i've gone for the carolina panthers at two which is the bears pick i've gone for the new york giants because they look awful mm. at three I've gone for the New England Patriots at four, and I've gone for the Washington Commanders at five. I think the Commanders look awful as well, even though they seem to score points. They well, it's the they, really can, weird they concede more, you know. Yeah, it's a really weird thing with the Commanders. Like Sam Howell, at, at least before Week Twelve, I, I haven't looked recently, but he was the passing yards leader in the NFL, and it it's because they're just constantly playing from behind. Um, yeah. When I looked into mine, when I was trying to put mine together, wh what I was thinking was, who wants to win? And I'm tempted to shuffle a little bit around, actually, but I'll stick with what I've got here. Like, who is it in their best interest to kind of win and keep it going, even if the, getting the high draft pick would be better? Like, who who needs to get some wins behind them? And who actually is it really in their best interest to lose? And I think uh, at the number one overall pick, I've put the New England Patriots um, because I just, they have three quarterbacks and all of them suck. They could only score seven points against the Giants. Like that offense is so bad and it's really just in their best interest to to continue to lose and it would be so patriots as well to have like two three off years and then get a generational quarterback prospect and, and turn it around then i've got the panthers at two um just again because they're, they're awful although sacking frank Reich could be interesting just for like the new coach bounce cardinals at three giants at four and the bears at five i think the giants are a really interesting one as well they do look awful but like they seem to just be pulling wins out of nowhere which is really not in their best interest but i i'm interested to hear your thoughts on the patriots as to why you've put them a little bit lower down the draft than i have so like i don't know if this is maybe a thing of the past where i'm sort of like it's bill belichick okay yeah he, he can he can do things and I don't, I don't think bill belichick is somebody that's going to try and lose games. I think yeah. he he will try and win games and stuff like that. I agree that it is in their best interest to lose games because they don't have a quarterback. But I don't want Bill Belichick to get Caleb Williams. I don't yeah. want that. I don't want that connection to happen because I think 
he's going to be a guy that's not. I don't know, I'm trying to think what podcast it was. I don't know if it was Mags that was talking about it, and he was basically saying like these older coaches don't know how to coach a young quarterback that can rush and has that yeah. ability to move around and stuff like that, you know. And I feel like Bill Belichick will ruin Caleb Williams and yeah. he will just frustrate us all and everything like that. And then he'd do some stupid thing in the draft where you're like, why have you done that? And and he would just make it worse. So <laughs> I think that's uh, – I can see it. I could see the Patriots getting that one pick because I do agree that they do look really bad. I just think the Cardinals I, – I just can't see them winning games. No. Even games that we've looked good and I've gone, oh, we're doing all right, yeah. And then, like, you know, we did all right against the Falcons last week and then this week, and it's like, yeah, we looked garbage again. Yeah. And there's a lot that needs to happen in that team. And I think if we've got that one pick, I'm not necessarily saying we go Caleb Williams, but I think we'd be looking at moving that pick and getting a lot more picks out of it and building a team like you know yeah you've also you've currently got the 17th overall pick from the tax ends um I'd, I'd i'd be intrigued to know like because obviously the cards are in a really interesting position and it would entertainingly having drafted josh rosen then immediately got the first overall pick and then having replaced him whether the same thing curses kyler and you do exactly the same again that you get the first overall and replace him again just to reset the clock a little bit from your perspective, what what would be the ideal? Would it be? Don't ask me that question. Training? No. Don't ask me that question because it's it's literally Sophie's choice, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean. And I've, I've uh, I think me and Hannah have spoke about this, and, and I spoke about it with Mags and everyone. And it's one of them where it's like, if we pass on Caleb Williams and still lose, we look like idiots. Yeah. If we take Caleb Williams and get rid of Kyler Murray and still lose, we look like idiots. Yeah. If we pass on him and we start, you know, we build a team, build the offensive line, build on the, on the defense, everything like that, and win games, we look like genius. Yeah. If we take Caleb Williams and he turns the team around and we win games, we look like we're doing something right. So it's it's literally like, you know, who do you, who do you go for, you know? Do you... Do you trade that value? Do you trade Kyler away and get good value for him and, and build the team around Caleb Williams? Do you get the first pick and maybe go, oh, do you know what? Somebody, somebody like the Bears will come up and pay their first two round picks this year to come up to the one to get Caleb Williams. Do you look at doing that? Do you? I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I think it's. I think it's genuinely a really horrible question. You know, who would you rather? Who would you rather at the Rams? Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams? I think the problem is I, I I it's it's obviously as you've hinted at like it's such a more complicated question because it the answer like Kyler has the upside to be a let's say a top eight quarterback in the NFL potentially was looking at top five a couple of years ago when you were really fantastic Caleb Williams we think could be the same but like it's tough to know with these rookie quarterbacks and it's tough to know how they're going to perform when they get into the NFL. You get these generational prospects, especially ones that are all about kind of escapability and improvisation. Like even if you look at someone like Zach Wilson, not to compare the two, like you, you can often get it wrong. The problem is it's not Caleb Williams or Kyler Murray. It's, it's, it's Kyler Murray and 
two extra first round picks and two extra seconds for trading down, or it's Caleb Williams and an extra 40 million a year for trading away Kyler. Like, and it's it, I will not envy the people that have to make the decision. If, if I'm just saying from a Rams perspective, I'd go Caleb Williams just because I think going for like the generational upside is, is interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I don't envy the decision makers having to try and figure out yeah. which of the two they might be they might be choosing between. Yeah, and I and I know a lot of people have compared him to like Pat Mahomes, the way he moves in the pocket and stuff like this. And he's got you know, um, it's it would be nice. It would be nice to have that that guy at the Cardinals, and and maybe maybe what the Cardinals want is actually not to have that first overall pick, and maybe be like, do you know what that decision has been made for us? Yeah. And, and let the Panthers make that prick. Do they? Oh well, I know they haven't got it, but the Bears. And sorry, the Bears have that decision. Do they exactly roll the with decision, just, Justin like... Fields, or do they? Do they roll with Caleb Williams or something like that? You know, do the Cardinals look for the number two pick and go? We'll have Marvin Harris Jr. You know. Yeah, and it's really interesting when you look a little bit further down the board, and this is something I'm going to touch on a little bit later, even if you go down as far as, say, maybe the Rams at 14, there's a lot of teams that are going to want to trade up for, for Caleb. I mean, if you look at like the the, the the teams that could potentially do with with a new quarterback then, or the teams that, that could potentially be interested, Bears, maybe Cardinals, Patriots, Commanders, Giants, Bucks. I mean, you'd say potentially the Jets. It's unlikely with Aaron Rodgers, but um, Titans probably not. The the Raiders, the Saints, the Packers could do with the, the Rams. Like, I mean, even then yeah, you've got way way further down the board, and you've got people like the um, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the the Vikings, the Steelers. But like, they're obviously not going to be in a position to come up and and, and get a quarterback but like there's a lot of teams that would be willing to give up an absolute haul to come up and get him so it'll be really interesting as we get into draft season yeah um can i can i ask you um another one yeah um so you've you've got the giants at four now i've got them at three uh, and i even looked at moving them up to two because i think they're really really bad why, why have you got them at four? Why, why have you got the Patriots, the Panthers and the Cardinals before the Giants? Because the Giants are just garbage, you know? They're really yeah. garbage. At least, at least the Cardinals are actually scoring points, you know? The, the Giants just seem to be struggling to even score touchdowns, like you know? Yeah, I mean, the part of it just comes from the fact that they are picking a little bit later already. Um, so they are currently picking at six. Um, they're four and eight. So I think part of it is just that, like, and when you look at the their uh, schedule for the rest of the season, it's Packers, Saints, Eagles, Rams, Eagles. So like Packers, Saints, and Rams, potentially they could they could sneak another win out of that if they sneak one more win from those three games. Then they're at five wins, which probably puts them a little bit higher. Um, yeah, it, it's it's more just a case of like looking at the records of everyone that low and just going where are any like where are another two wins going to come from for New England for for the Panthers for the Cardinals? Like it's not a case of thinking the Giants are, are, are good at all because they're not. It's more a case of like well, other teams are going to have to win an extra game than them if they're going to drop that far in the draft. Um, to note while we're talking about it, like the current top five is Panthers, Cardinals, Patriots, Bears, Commanders. 
Um, the Chargers are picking at nine, man. The Chargers have the same record as the Jets. It's insane. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? Mad. Brayden Ballenstein has got to be fired. Um, but let's move on to our first segment of the week. Uh, so our first segment is Rewind the Tape. Uh, this is where we look at the last week and think about the things that we've learned uh, that's going to help us as a fantasy manager going forwards. Um, I might kick us off because we've kind of been touching on um, what what I've put in mind. And this is this is partly a little bit of dynasty advice, um, but also is just looking at the, at the landscape of the NFL. Um, the NFL has a quarterback problem. Um, I, you know, I just noted those teams that could potentially come up uh, and and be looking to get a new quarterback. But I really feel like, I mean, Sam Howell maybe is the only one of this tier that has like done anything this season because he's the he's passing yards leader. But like, even he's replaceable. That middle tier of quarterbacks, quarterback, let's say fifteen or sixteen, all the way down to thirty-two, all the way down to forty, looks so replaceable. There's no one who has really looked particularly good. It's why the NFL is absolutely falling for Josh Dobbs, and someone's going to convince themselves to start him next year. Is because there's just a massive quarterback problem. There's not thirty-two fan, like good starting quarterbacks, so teams are having to start these these absolute duds. Players like Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, like they look like they had reasonably, or uh, Daniel Jones, like they look like they they would have relatively stable jobs that you know maybe a couple of years out of being replaced or maybe not going to get a second contract but like okay they'll probably keep the job for at least this year and and they're being benched already like my 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 fancy advice that i've worked that i've thought about here is first of all looking at like solidifying yourself an elite quarterback solidifying yourself like a top tier player because everyone else looks so bad if, if you kind of drafted late quarterback in a dynasty startup last last offseason it would have been really easy to end up being like right i'll just wait i'll get you know like kenny pickett ryan Tannehill, like and it's just not worked out but my other thing is to look at like the really cheap players that you could potentially go and grab who might have a starting job next year. For example, Baker, like I think Baker is going to start somewhere next year because he's looked good and not nothing more than good, but a lot of these players haven't even looked good um, this year. So I think just looking for like, let's say Baker, I mean, Will Levis, you can probably still grab Derek Carr. No one's interested in him. So you can probably go and get relatively cheap. Geno Smith, like, Jared Goff, these quarterbacks that seem a bit gross, you don't really want to start in fantasy, but actually you're going to have to because there's not enough good quarterbacks to go around at the minute. My what? So uh, my initial thought straight away was Baker Mayfield. He was he was the guy yeah. I was like, oh, I, I quite like that. My problem with Baker Mayfield is he's a free agent in 2024, isn't he? Yeah. So, you know, it's the Buccaneers, I suppose at the moment, He's a bit risky because um, where the the Bucks are picking at seven, yeah, you know. So you've got the Bears with two picks in that. So you'd say if they went QB, you know, you got the Patriots QB, Arizona could go QB. Um, you know, at the moment you got Washington potentially, you got the Giants potentially. So you know, if all of these went QB, the Bucks aren't going to go QB. Yeah. And Baker's Baker's the guy, but if they're going to roll with Baker, then they've got to pay Baker, and that's that's when you know you sort of have that difficulty of what's he going to want. I think he's 
I think he's done a really, really good job of the Bucks this year. A lot, a lot better than everyone expected. I know a lot of Bucks fans were like, "Oh my God, we're rolling into the season with Baker Mayfield," and um, the reality behind it is actually, I think they're quite happy with Baker Mayfield now, and I think he's he's proven himself to be um, a decent quarterback, which we know he can be. He can yeah. be a good quarterback. Um, so, I think I think Baker Mayfield is probably a lesser risk than than most, but. I'm inclined to agree with you. Like Mac Jones, I feel like he's done. He got benched this week for um, Zappy, didn't he? You know, and yeah. um, Des- Desmond Ridder got benched for Heineke. So, you know, the only reason he's back starting is because Heineke's injured. Um, Kenny Pickett, now he's probably quite a safer one. Um, I'm trying to get his contract details up now. Well, he's, um, he's, he's what a, a second. This is his second year because it's that it was that awful rookie class last year of Ridder, Pickett, Hal, yes, Malik Willis. Yes. Like, so he's, he's, he's we're going to his third year. Yeah, so he's he's going into his third year. So he's still he's still relatively cheap. And actually, this week after they've got rid of Matt Canada, look better. He, they they looked so much better, and Kenny Pickett was throwing the ball a bit more. Now I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh my God, Kenny Pickett's the real deal." Go and buy him now, but he's he's probably quite a safe uh, pick because looking at where the Steelers are, where are the Steelers picking at the moment, the Steelers are picking twenty three. You know, there's not there's a lot of teams to go before, and if if we get this sort of QB first round that people are saying that we could get. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say we did. Do you remember the, um, uh, the Malik Willis year where it was like, oh, there's going to be loads of QBs and none, like you know. Yeah. Um. So I'm not saying we will, but if we get a QB run, I don't think they're going to go QB. So you could probably say they may draft one later down the line, but I think Kenny Pickett to me is quite a safe player to go and pick as he'll be somebody who's starting next year. Yeah, I think so. Um, how about you? What did you uh, learn this week? Uh, so I learned two things, okay? Uh, I learned the Cardinals really do suck. Okay? <laughs> and um, we're going to talk about it. Kyron Williams and Mags, I know I know you'll be listening and I know you, you think he's shit, but Kyron Williams is legit, okay? The guy is a great running back. He... He's come back off an injury and he just absolutely exploded. I know it was against the Cardinals. Yeah, okay, we're not great. But he had himself a great day and he is a legit player that I... You're probably not going to buy him now in Dynasty cheap because of what he's just done this week. But he's he's definitely somebody that you're talking as a top 10 running back in Dynasty now. And he's somebody um, that I will be picking up in the elimination league and i will be picking him up very soon yeah i think people are gonna wait on him and i think he should be going in like the second or third round i think kyron's a really interesting one and the thing that worries me about him so i think he looks fantastic and i'm really happy to have him i wasn't happy with the pick it was a sixth rounder a couple of years ago i wasn't hugely happy with him um but he looks really legit he's really comfortable with the ball in his hands he runs way faster than he did uh, he ran like a four seven at the combine um but he he looks incredibly quick the thing that worries me about him and this is the th- reason that i think he'll still continue to be undervalued is the 
teams don't have a reason to continue to 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 continue to give roles to players who they got later down the board. So I'm I, it's James Robinson basically. It's it's when you have this UDFA or, or day three pick that breaks out, especially at running back, they very rarely end up keeping the job long term. Uh, Pacheco has managed to for a couple of years. I think Kyron will, um, but. That's the bit that worries me. Is it's quite he's quite easy to move on from. The thing that I will say is that the Rams do have a lot of needs across the roster. We do have a, a fair amount of picks coming up, and the way that this team has historically been built is having a huge amount of day three picks and just hitting on like half of them. So the Rams organization does see the value of when a starter comes through from a late round utilizing them and continuing with them going forwards like one of our captains is jordan fuller who is a sixth round pick who's a safety and played fantastically uh, against the cardinals i think kyron like uh, just that history at the running back position worries me but man he looks like a stud i'd be really interested to see like I, gee, there's a world in which he sneaks up to like being what a middle of the second round pick and redraft next year wow i'd feel <laughs> disgusting doing it yeah, but you could. But it, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense. So we're going to play a little game now, okay? And this game is called "I'm drafting in an elimination draft now." <laughs> would you Would you take Kyron Williams over these running backs? Okay, so so far there's been six running backs drafted in this league, and we are on pick three hundred eight. So, <clears throat> little yes or no? Would you take Kyron Williams over this player for the rest of this season? Christian McCaffrey. No. B. John Robinson. Oh, I don't like how long I have to think about it. Um, no. Jonathan Taylor. No. Austin Eckler. Yes. Tony Pollard. Yes. Alvin Kamara. Yes. So they are the running backs that have been drafted. This is what I'm saying to you. It's yeah. like a dynasty draft because you've gone... McCaffrey, Bijan, and you're going, okay, Jonathan sure. Taylor, Austin Eckler, and you're going, well, Austin Eckler's not having the best of seasons, and the Chargers look pretty crap. Yeah. Um, Tony Pollard, I was like, again, he's not having the best of seasons, you know, this, and, and I get it, you know, these these guys have great upside, but, you know, I'm just a little bit like, Justin, Justin Jefferson's gone, you know? Yeah, he might not be coming off back of IR, like, the 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 crazy thing when you look into into Kyron from this week, like Kyron had uh, more targets than Cooper Cup. He was the second leading receiver on the Rams, and he ran for about nine yards a carry. So like he's just it, it's the opportunity that's in front of you, which is absolutely insane. Like he's the primary target in the red zone. He's getting a significant amount of work on the ground. The Rams O-line's improving. Like, I, I think there's a real argument. I don't think I could bring myself to do it. I think there's a real argument he should be taken as the RB2 off the board um, if you're drafting rest of season. Yeah, sorry. I'm just trying to get um, the Fantasy Pros um, weekly standings because I, I want to see where Kyron Williams is sitting, even though he's missed a few weeks. So where is he sitting right now? Where is he? He's sitting 16th. Okay, 16th overall, and he's missed one, two, three, four, four weeks and a bye week. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And 
but like it, but like mate, 17.4, 28, 8.5, 27, 7.7, 21, 38.4. And you're going, this is PPR scoring, obviously. And you're yeah. Scoring. Man, that kid's a stud. It's a stud. Like, at what point do you just have to adapt to the evidence of your eyes in front of you and go, no, he's elite. Like, he absolutely is. So I'm taking him 406 if he makes yeah. it back to me. I've taken, I've taken him. I promise you. And my start is I've got uh, Jalen Hurts. I've got Travis Kelsey, Jalen Waddle, and I'm going for Kyra Williams. Nice. So that's my start. I, I started CMC, then Travis Kelsey, and I've not got to um, my third round pick yet. But I'm part of. I'm going to wait on Kiwi. Uh, but anyway, let's carry on to our next segment. Uh, so this is Fantasy Stud of the Week, uh, where we look at an under under the radar player who could overperform and exceed expectations. We actually all had a pretty good week, um, and we actually all went for relatively under the radar players. Uh, Hannah Rasaid, who's probably was the most above the radar and finished the worst, uh, which is pretty good. So Hannah went for Josh Downs. He was wide receiver forty one. He had five catches for forty three yards. He had thirteen targets, um, and you would call that the Gardner Minshew uncatchable target effect um paul you did really well um you went for jayden reed uh he was wide receiver 24 uh he had four catches 34 yards and a touchdown as well as a few rushes uh, on thanksgiving good work paul um i went for tutu atwell uh off the basis that i thought cup would miss time um and tutu was actually the rams leading receiver anyway um he was he had three catches for 76 yards including a massive one to start the game off he was wide receiver 34 um again not going to win you a week, but if you had to go and find someone off waivers to, to give a start to, I don't think any of these players would have lost you a week. Um, so I think we did pretty well. Um, but let's look to the week ahead. Uh, Paul, who is your fantasy stud? <laughs> it's a bit of a theme with uh, a couple of my picks uh, this week. And my fantasy stud this week, I know it's going to shock everyone, but I've gone for Adam Thielen. I think uh, there's going to be a bit of bit of buzz in that Panthers changing room. New, you know, got rid of their head coach, and I think he was a bit of a plague. Maybe we see Bryce Young flinging it about a bit, and maybe we see that connection with Adam Thielen that we've seen before. And I think it, it, it he could he could uh, surprise a few people this week. And you know, if I went for anyone that was above the radar, Hannah would shout at me. So I've gone for somebody under the radar, and my start is Adam Thielen. She'd find a way to she'd find a way to shout at you anyway. Adam Thielen has had a really interesting season. After the first few games, or up until the bye, he was performing at an unbelievable rate. Um, and he's still seeing an unbelievable amount of targets, but he's not doing a huge amount with them. So I mean, th- this week he had one catch for two yards, like it's not hugely fantastic, but only three targets, um, which is the really interesting part. Um, he hasn't hit the hundred yard mark, having hit it in a he had a, a four-game stretch where he hit it three times. He hasn't hit it since then, and that was all the way back in week six. Um, so I think it's interesting that I think people would have maybe bought him and gone, you know, Adam Thielen's a, a league winner. He's playing to an absolutely elite level, and he isn't at all anymore, which is why I think he's quite an interesting pick for start of the week. And he's they're playing the Bucks, who you absolutely can pass on as well. Yeah, and let's be honest, it is Bipocalypse this week. So, you know what I mean? It's one of them where... Oh, it I, is. I, I forgot to do buys, didn't I? Yeah, I'm not I'm not reminding you of that, but I'm just sort of <laughs> saying, 
it's by apocalypse and there'll be a lot of players in your team that are out and you're looking you're looking at your bench and you're going he's garbage he's garbage he's garbage and then you see Adam Thielen and you go that poor Pickett said he's going to fucking hit and he hit last week with Jaden <laughs> Reed so you know what I mean yeah, uh, well, uh, with with that in mind, you've reminded me um, that the buys this week, I think we were getting very distracted by my poem. Um, the buys for the week ahead are, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. There's six teams on buy and there's some very fancy relevant players uh, for them. So the Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings and Giants. I say very fancy relevant players. There's two really good teams with lots of fancy relevant players and then a few on the others, maybe if you're desperate. Um, you, you, you think, mate, you've got, Zay Flowers, you've got Stefan Diggs, you've got DJ Moore, you've got Jordan Addison, you've got Devontae Adams, you know, you've got you've got five wide receivers there that you are startable wide receivers and, and yeah, yeah. they're all on by. So you you may be looking, you may, you know, people may be starting Adam Thielen this week. For for some reason, uh my my fiance Jess, who's often in the room while I'm watching Red Zone, uh, has really caught on to Devontae Adams' name. And swears blind that whenever they uh, talk about him, they go, Devontae Adams. And sometimes I'll be watching football and to herself in a corner, I'll just hear her go, Devontae Adams. <laughs> and, uh, when he, he went for quite a long catch this week and she was very excited. And then she said, oh, maybe I'll be a Raiders fan. And I was like, are you not? You're going to you don't even like the NFL and you're going to pick a team and it's not even going to be my team. <laughs> uh, tell your wife, I think she should be a Cardinals fan. <laughs> Mate, she's already got enough misery living with me, let alone doesn't need that, doesn't need that in her life as well. Uh, talking about misery, um, my pick for Fancy Stud of the Week. I love I, it. I love it. Yeah, I don't feel good about it, but I think it's an interesting one. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, obviously has been a stud for a number of years uh, and is now absolutely not. He's the RB2 um, on the Patriots. He's the RB41 on the season. He's only rostered in 45% of, of, of leagues. He's actually been in PPR reasonably reliable, very, very um, high floor, low ceiling. So the majority of his games have been in PPR um, about nine points, uh, which is not going to lose you a week, but it's barely going to win you one. But basically, the Chargers defense is absolutely dreadful. Um, we saw the way that um, Keaton Mitchell was running on them last night. Um, and I, I can see the Patriots playing uh, whoever it's going to be uh, at quarterback. I can see them just running the ball like crazy because they clearly can't pass with Mac Jones. They can't pass with Bailey Zappi. Um, so I think they're just going to have to run the ball like mad. I can see both Ramondre and Zeke having decent games. I think especially if he can get a touchdown, it could be an interesting one. And like I say, you know, he's he's very available. He's very out there. So yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's my stud of the week. I love it. I love it. Have you just seen? Um, I've added one for Hannah just because she's not here and she hasn't messaged me back. So I've put one in for Hannah. Um, her fantasy stud of the week this week is Cade Otten. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of her favorite players. Um, she brings him up a lot. So she's, she's, I'm sure inside she's thinking Cade Otten. Cade Otten's my guy. Cade Otten's my guy. And Cade Otten has good weeks when uh, she, he's not been picked by hannah and then he struggles when she picks him um, yeah so, so she has she hasn't picked him i've just putting him in there as hannah's uh stud of the week so cade otten so he might go off this week and then she'll be like thanks paul <laughs> um if if it if he does go off then next week i'll i'll give you a shout out for picking that anyway Good luck. um 
Then we're on to our fancy scare of the week. Uh, so this is looking at a hyped up player who we think could underperform and upset both us and our fancy teams in the week ahead. Uh, once again, Paul, we both did pretty well and Hannah didn't. So no, I, did, I didn't. I didn't. Hang on, I didn't do pretty well. Oh, you did really I well. Nailed this, okay? You I did really, really well. This. So I went for Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler was the RB twenty six. Uh, it's been such a season to forget for him. Um, so it did feel it did feel like it might be a bit of an easy pick, uh, but he really struggled. Uh, Hannah's pick didn't struggle. Hannah's pick was Jonathan Taylor, who was the RB nine on the week. Um, silly, silly Hannah. Uh, yeah. And then, Paul, you went for Saquon Barkley, who was the RB43. Um, he was absolutely dreadful uh, last week. Uh, let me just check uh, the the points total. Yeah, he had uh, 12 rushes for 46 yards and one catch uh, for six yards. So in PPR, 7.2 points. I think he did an absolutely stellar job on that one. Well done. Mate, you know what I mean? Picking a player like Saquon Barkley as well. Oh, do you know what? I'm getting good at this. <laughs> You're really coming I'm, into your own as you get later. Yeah, into I, 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 I may win a league eventually or something, you know. <laughs> um, who is your scare for this week? Uh, so I've gone for Kyler Murray. Interesting. Now, over the last couple of weeks that he's come back, um, he's had, you know, QB 13, and then he's had two top 10 finishes and stuff like that. Now, um. In them games, he did manage to score a rushing touchdown. And I think that's really, really helped him put points on the board because other than that, he hasn't really done that much. Um, and as we know, we're rushing QBs. If they can rush for a touchdown and pass for touchdowns, it's big points, like, you know. But I think that Steelers D is going to cause him some problems. Our O-line is not the best. Um, and I think, you know, um, TJ Watt's going to be up for it he's going to be gunning for it and i just think i just think we're just going to struggle again and yeah. i don't think kyler gets in for a rushing touchdown this week i think they sort of I, I i don't know i'm just a little bit struggling with him this week kyler's tough because if you drafted him you'll have held him until now and then you almost kind of have to start him because you've held on to him all season and you know he is producing enough. He's a he's a rushing quarterback. Like you say, if you get a touchdown, then you're fine. Um, and he had twenty two point four points this week, so he was you know he was all right. Um, but yeah, I think playing against the Steelers next week could be interesting. I think that is going to be a very he, low scoring game. Yeah. So so his first week he's he's finished QB thirteen, QB six, QB nine. Um, the first week he had. Um, 19 completions, 249 yards, one touchdown. Um, but he had six rush, six well, six rushing attempts, 33 yards, and a touchdown. And yeah. last week it was um, 20 completions, 214 yards, one touchdown, and he rushed for 51 yards and a touchdown. And this week it was 256 a touchdown, and he rushed for a touchdown. So every week he's rushed for a touchdown, and that's really helped him. You know. If you look at his points, 18, 22, 22, you know, if you if you take them six points off, you go in, he scored you twelve, he, he scored you twelve, he scored you sixteen and sixteen, you know, and you're going, mm, that's that's just not great. So I just think that's that Steelers defense is just gonna be a bit much for him. You know, maybe he could bench him for a couple of weeks because he's got um the Steelers, then a bye, then 
the 49ers. Oh, that's that's a tough, tough couple of weeks, then you know. Maybe I did put the Cardinals too high, uh, when I was looking at your draft pick. What's what's the, the schedule like the rest of the season after the 49ers? Uh, Chicago, Philly, and okay. Seahawks. Okay, so Chicago, that's a winnable game, but that could easily, I mean, I don't know, you can still beat the Steelers because, yeah, their defense might be might be good but you probably only have to score what 14 points to beat them um so you might you might still be able to leave with a win but then we're going to come back to this again like are you rooting for the cardinals to win at this point no no couldn't care less couldn't couldn't care less that's why i was quite happy coming on with you you know you just lost to the rams but i'm at the point now where it's like you know don't we don't need to win what all we do by winning is like lower our or worse than our pick for next year. What's the point? We're just losing value there, then, aren't we? That's my thing. Like, the Rams could, in theory, uh, we're reliant on a Bears win tonight, and then it's it's basically the Vikings, Packers, and Rams that can maybe sneak in uh, in, in to the to the seven seed in the NFC. The Vikings do look you like want they have looked up. No, I don't see what the point is. Like, we'll have, we'll get, we'll be one and done in the playoffs, and then we'll pick a, you know, 20, and that's that's kind of the worst thing to be in the NFL. Like you either want to be bad or you want to be great. Being average is not helpful in the NFL. It's set up to mean that like if you continue to be average, you'll be average forever because you can never get never get a high enough pick to get the quarterback to prepare you to the next level. And we start need to start thinking about what the succession plan is for Matt Stafford. Yeah, agreed. Especially agreed. I think it would be really funny if the Rams have our first first round pick since 2016 or 2017 and it's like an elite generational quarterback and that's a set um that's that's a horrible thought (laughs) but uh talking elite generational quarterback uh my potential scare of the week uh, i've actually gone for nico collins versus the broncos and uh, this i think is an interesting one because obviously the texans is that's the you know the new hotness um for for the for the season this week and nico collins was the wide receiver five um in the week just gone he had seven receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown he's the wide receiver 12 on the season uh, obviously been a real breakout season for him and the reason that i think it could be it could be potentially difficult for him um is is just one name and one name only and that's patrick satan um, the Broncos defense has really turned it around. Um, the Broncos organization has turned it around, to be fair. Uh, they gave up 12 points this week. Uh, the week before, 20. That was against the Vikings. But, like, it's it's not dreadful. Um, the week before that, they only gave up 22 to the Bills. Like, And CJ Stroud's fantastic, and he might find a way to make it work. Um, but I'll... I think there's a world in which, because Nico Collins tends to line up on the boundary, and that's where Pat Satan will play. Tank Dell, I think, could potentially have another smash week because Pat Satan's got Collins locked down. Um, but I think Nico potentially could be in trouble this week. Um, Paul, what do you have for, for, for Hannah for the week ahead? Uh, Hannah, Hannah's um, gone for C.D. Lamb at the Seahawks. <laughs> um, I'd love to know what her thought process is here, but... Um... But yeah, she's 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 actually gone for CD Lamb. She she texted me to say CD Lamb is my scare of the week. Yeah. So um, if you're all listening to Hannah's amazing queen of fantasy football advice, bench CD Lamb this week. <laughs> she texted me as well to, to say just having a wide receiver wasn't enough. I want a running back as well. 
bench CMC. Um, wow. So fair, wow. fair play, Hannah. See that. I thought I thought I thought she liked CD Lamb. Um, CMC. So that's that's shocked me. That has. Yeah. Well done, Hannah. Well done. <laughs> Uh, but let's move on to our final segment, uh, and that is our wild card of the week. Um, this is a hot take we're going to give each week. Uh, we had a Thanksgiving special last week. Um, so, Paul, you said that uh, Monty and Gibbs were both score touchdowns for the Lions, uh, which was wrong. Uh, they let down your, or Gibbs let down your acker. If you'd gone for Monty, then that would have been a, a nice little win. Uh, they let down a lot of my Thanksgiving DFS teams as well, because uh, off Thomas Rackens advice started off with the the Monty Gibbs uh, double RB uh, for the Lions. Hannah was right. She said the Packers would beat the Lions. Um, as I said in my rhyme earlier, the Lions can't win on Thanksgiving, um, which is fascinating. I said, uh, and I want to argue that I was kind of a bit right. I said, uh, and I didn't go back and listen to my exact wording, that the Seahawks would score less than 11 points against the 49ers. And they scored a defensive touchdown, which means the offense did only score seven points. Like, the offense didn't score a touchdown. So, like, I'm kind of a bit right, um, but I'll take it as a half point. Um, right. But then... Right, right. Let's let's talk about this, okay? <laughs> We're going to talk about this, okay? Did you say the Seahawks would score less than 13 points or less than 11 points? I haven't gone back and listened. No, no, no. I'm asking. I'm asking you now. Well, I haven't listened. No, but you like said, I haven't watched the tape. Said, like I haven't like said, analyzed. <laughs> you said the Seahawks would score less than eleven points. Yeah, the Seahawks scored the less sea- than eleven. No, 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 no. The Seahawks offense. Thir- no, 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 no. The Seahawks scored thirteen points. Okay. Yeah, but so you were like, wrong. No half a point. But no like the half... deep, like the defense did score most of them. So, oh, sorry. Do they play for a different team, or do they still play for the Seahawks? They do. They do. They do play for the Seahawks. So I yeah, was wrong. Yeah. So you I were was wrong. wrong. No half points. No nothing. There's no leeway here. Or oh, I was nearly right. I was. No. <laughs> As. Oh. As Hannah and I said, it's the process. process. Jameer Gibbs nearly scored a touchdown, so I'll take half a point. So, so Paddy Power, can I have half my winnings? Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not going to. They're not going to pay out for that. You can't argue with Paddy Power and go. Not a sponsor of the show, sorry, Paddy Power. Um, But you can't argue and go. Yeah, but the offense only scored seven points. So I, I was partly right. No, no, you were zero right. Okay, you were wrong. I tried arguing with a bookie in this on, after the Super Bowl last year because I had a big touchdown acker, and I think it was something like I know I had um, Tony and Pacheco. F- no, Tony for the Chiefs, and then I had AJ Brown and Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles, and then I also had Jarek McKinnon, who you'll remember slid to win the game as opposed to scoring. But could have scored and i tried talking with the bookie and being like yeah but like he could have scored if he'd wanted to like he slid but like it was kind of a touchdown because it won the like will you pay me anyway or will you pay me half and they as the same as you did come back and say no so i am inclined to agree that it's probably no points <laughs> do you know what do you know what <laughs> the best thing about <laughs> this is you've literally just told a story about how you tried to do the same thing and they said it, that you were wrong it worked. <laughs> oh. 
Janet McKinnon slid on the one and cost me loads of money, but won the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, will you pay out? Can I have some no. money? No, because he didn't score a touchdown, you know? So, no. No half-points. You're not having half-points for the Seahawks scoring 13, and you said they'd score less Quarter. than 11. Quarter point? Nope. Let's move on. Let's move on. Nope. <laughs> what's, nope. what's your wild card of the week uh, for the, for week 13, Paul? So, as, as I said earlier, there's a bit of a theme with my week. Uh, I think the Panthers have a bit of uh, bit of, bit of wind behind them at the moment, and getting rid of Frank Reich and all of that, I think they actually go and get a W against the Bucks. I think uh, I think they get themselves a win. Um, so I'm 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 all behind the Panthers this week. I'm not going to be starting any of the you know players in in fantasy game day or anything like that. You know, I think it's going to be a low scoring <laughs> game, but I think I think they get the win. Or in your opinion, if they lose by two points, I get half a point. You know, if they tie, you can have half a point. No, no, no. If they lose, if they lose by like two points or three points, then I I get the win, like you know, because if that's the, if how the you process work. is right, you can have half a point. <laughs> um, I like this one. I think I think I find it really interesting about the way that sport is kind of a story as much as it's like the sport itself, and the way in which emotions and and these like plots can actually affect what happens. That like we think it's all about analytics and data, but actually players playing hard for a new head coach playing for like that interim coach bounce could make a huge difference um especially with some of these panthers players that like okay we're gonna have a new regime next year we've got a new head coach i might be playing for my job i can really see it and like the bucks have been better than we thought they'd be but they're definitely beatable um so i'm into this one um i i'm glad you're on board yeah i have gone for um, the 49ers play the Eagles this week, uh, which I think is interesting that neither of us went for them for a, a potential scare because they're both good defenses that are hard to run on. Um, I think people are going to be very excited by this one, especially with what just happened in the Bills-Eagles game. That was a super exciting game, but I think this is going to be less exciting than we want it to be. The under is the over-under is currently set at 46.5 points. I think it's going to hit the under. I don't. I think this is going to be Jalen Hurts getting hit a lot, and I think it's going to be um, the the Eagles D line making it very hard for Brock Purdy. Um, so I still, you know, still go out and start your players from it because I think there's, you know, there's a lot of studs in the game, but like I think this game might be more defensive than we think it's going to be. Who do you think wins? I think the 49ers win. I would like the Eagles to win. I think the Eagles win. Do you reckon? Mm, I think the Eagles win. I, th- I think that Eagles team's unreal. I I think the Eagles... I think you can pass on the Eagles. And I think that makes it very interesting because it means that Brock Purdy is going to have to beat them rather than Christian McCaffrey beating them on the ground. And, oh, sorry, Carl Shanahan and the, and the scheme beating them on the ground. Um, so I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I think it's one for like, it might not be as explosive as we think it might be, but I think it's one for like, if you're really into the game of American football, it's going to be a great seeing, game. seeing how that lines up, I think will be really interesting. Yeah. Um, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah's got one as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hannah's said the Cardinals will win by two touchdowns. By two clear touchdowns. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe it. I wouldn't have picked that, but Hannah's picked it. 
So Hannah's gone for K. Dotton as a start, CD Lamb as a sit, and the Cardinals win by two touchdowns. Shocking, isn't it? Watch that be a hundred percent correct now. <laughs> oh mate, <laughs> it's, it's a good it's a good job I'm not here next week because I, I would just not be able to look at her if all of them come in now. Okay, <laughs> it it definitely will. It'll be the way of the world. Um. That will bring us to the end of this week's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow us on X at Wildcard Rewind. Head on over to our YouTube channel, search for Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network, and make sure you give us a subscribe. Uh, enjoy yourself for the week ahead, and we will see you when we rewind week 13 next week. See you later. <laughs>